0: Right here on Never Had It So Good,
1: Where Are They Now? now? A
0: look back at the athlete's journey. A walk down memory lane all the way up to the present. A discussion about teammates, impact coaches, competition, and how their team prepared them for real life. We groove with it all. Host David Riley, Tim Moore, and Princess Cooper, live on www.NeverHadItSoGoodSportsRadio.com.
1: Welcome to Never Had It So Good, Sports Talk Radio. We have a heavy week, and we're getting it started tonight with Where Are They Now? And our featured guest will be Dr. Vance Ross. We'll get him in here in just a moment. Welcome in my co-host, David Riley. How are you, sir?
2: Doing well, Princess, again. Uh, Like we said (laughs) off-air, you you had a busy weekend, and you you kind of left myself and Tim behind.
1: (laughs) (laughs) duck i didn't leave you all behind you know and and i don't want to say this too much but um i think women's basketball still needs a lot of attention as far as media and and i don't mind saying this i applied on monday and got approved before seven o'clock a.m on tuesday that shows you that the attention really still is on the men's side and not the women's side and there's great basketball in women's college sports so um, but it was exciting to get down there and to be amongst everybody, um, and everybody was really just so professional and nice. But it was it was cool. It was a great experience.
2: Oh yeah, Princess. I, I tell you what, I I enjoyed it immensely. I, you know, I, you're right. I think women's basketball is steady on the upcline. It's steady the on the upcline. Have, yeah, the only thing would have made that thing perfect. If West Virginia would have beat Arizona, I, I'm just saying.
1: I, you know, I, I'm just talking about it from a friend's viewpoint. Duck, just because you're my friends, I'm gonna say it's, a, it's the ref's fault. It's not y'all's fault. The rest messed it up for you all. Yeah,
2: see, that's <laughs> we, we, we're here on that. I'm trying to get my homeboy on that with that with that. You know, he he's laughing. He's
1: laughing. Yeah. And for ducks homeboy, my friend Tim Moore, Notre Dame is in the Sweet Sixteen, sir. Yes, yes, yes! I get to see my girl. <laughs> I don't really care
0: about the team. I just want to see her. Hey <laughs> Tim, and I
2: know, I know you're looking through Kristen eyes. Of course, he said nothing of about course. Christian eyes.
1: He did say that. Don't try to save him now, Doc. He said yes, yes, yes. You know, the
0: the X's and O's, you know, uh just tremendous.
1: get <laughs> <laughs> Doctor Ross in here before we all get in a little trouble. Doctor Ross, welcome to the show, sir.
3: I want to thank you so very much. It's good to hear these brothers talking about the female of the species with such athletic wonder.
1: I'm amazed and astonished
3: at the way they're able to see their athletic prowess and speak of it in such marvelous terms and tones. It's a beautiful thing. Lord have mercy, all three of
1: them are on the same team.
2: And <laughs> hey, 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 Chris, you heard it there. See, I, look, we couldn't have said any
1: <laughs> For sure. All right, I'm going to let you all take over. I'll come back at the end, Dr. Ross. Let me see what you all are going to say. All right. <laughs> all right.
2: All right. All right. Let's see
1: what we say. Brothers, all how right. y'all
2: doing,
1: man? We're doing well. Doing well man. We, so, we
2: we well, Look, so, we're we so happy all to man. have you on, man.
3: Oh, man, my pleasure. Good to be on with you, Grace. It's a joy. A West Virginia trio. I like it.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. All right, Vance, now take us, you can take as long as you want, man. I just kind of give us a little bit of background of Dr. Vance Ross.
3: Well, man, uh, I'm a guy from the north side of Bluefield, West Virginia. Um, went to high school there, um, came out, went to college at West Virginia Wesleyan College. Then after a couple of years, went to Gammon Theological Seminary and then finished a Doctor of Ministry degree at United Theological Seminary. I'm um about the uplift of people in general, of black people in particular, and grateful to God for where I come from, where I've been blessed to go, and so very, very glad that I'm able to say I did all that from almost heaven, West Virginia, Blue Ridge Mountains, Shenandoah <laughs> River, all that stuff. <laughs> Now, yeah. man,
2: and you just talk about where you. Let's talk about where you're just coming from. You know, we we tried to get you last week, but we were
3: unable yeah. to get
2: you because to we you were out of the country. Can can you talk about that experience yeah. with with the listeners?
3: Yeah, I will. I will. In the United Methodist Church that I'm a part of, we're having a lot of conflict denominationally, and we're having a lot of conflict. Um, In certain regions of the of the of the church, well, you know, there's threats for conflict around the length and breadth of the nation as well, as the um, right, the Republican right, the religious right, the Fox News right, um, continue to fan flames, division, but of division and violence, and even are talking about armed conflict, and sort of gaslighting it as something they're calling protests, quote-unquote protest. And so some a couple of years ago, we had a fellow come into North Georgia from Ireland who is one of, from Northern Ireland. His name is um, um, Gary, and Gary Mason has been a part of helping conflict in Northern Ireland to be vastly reduced. You may well know that the Protestants and the Catholics for many, many years were in tension about land and religion. Well from nineteen sixty eight to nineteen ninety eight, those tensions grew to be so violent there was so much terrorism in neighborhood, this is neighbor against neighbor that they called that era the troubles. So we went over there to see how since 1998 that violence has been almost entirely reduced. And these are people who look like one another, but they know their neighborhoods, they know where they've seen people, and out of that they shot each other, stabbed each other, they've set bombs against each other. So as part of the leadership of my annual conference, I was one of a group of 25 people they went to Northern Ireland for um a time of travel and learning that we call rethinking conflict it was a fascinating opportunity, and I'm glad I was one of the people who was given the privilege of going over so that's what was happening man
2: now you you're talking about you know your church, but w- where's your church located?
3: okay, my local church is located in um, Atlanta, Georgia, on the um, southwest side of town, right beside the Mercedes-Benz Stadium, where the Atlanta Falcons call home for them to, to play games that they lose a lot. <laughs> but that's <laughs> where we are. Every <laughs> night at the church is the church at the heart of the city, with the city at heart. I knew you all would laugh because you all come from programs that always won. You don't know a whole lot about losing. So that's a struggle for you to even understand. But the Falcons are going to come around here in the next couple of years. We got rid of some people. They think they're going to do better this year. So I'm not going to put them down too much as a Pittsburgh Steelers fan. So we, we sit right beside them. Uh, we're the church at the heart of the city with the city at heart. The most well-known pastor of the church that I pastor now uh, was the, Reverend, the late Reverend Doctor and the iconic Reverend Doctor Joseph Eccles Lowry. Who is a lieutenant and dear friend of the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. and one of the people that founded the Southern Christian Leadership Conference?
2: Okay, uh, and, as you you said, uh, maybe if we could get some of those falcons into your church, man, maybe you can anoint them.
3: We want to try to get them over, to anoint them, and reappoint them, man, because uh, <laughs> uh, they, they've got the, clearly the physical qualities, but something just never works out right and particularly since uh, Tom Brady beat them like they were runaway, uh, runaway convicts in the Super Bowl several years ago, they just have not recovered. It's been a very difficult role for them. And I think there's still some shell shock. They got some of the most authentic and genuine fans in the world. I've got people that drink, bleed, and run in only red and black. But they um they have to deal with a whole lot. I mean, a, a whole lot of disappointment. Um, there was a time this year they thought they might get in the playoffs, but the Falcons found a way to to dash their hopes pretty quickly.
2: <laughs> All right, uh, yep. Doctor Ross, we're, we're gonna go back a little bit because I want to know how—you know—when did you realize that you possibly had the potential? to go from high school to college, when did it all hit you like, hmm, maybe maybe I, I might have a shot?
3: Well, when I was um, a, a child, let me go back that far. When I was a real little boy, my mother and grandmother um, put in my head from before I went to first grade, you're going to college. So I knew I was headed there. What I wanted to do was go there on um, an, an athletic scholarship. Um, I went there and walked on a basketball team, but I went on academic and leadership scholarships through the United Methodist Church and through the federal government. That's how I was able to get there. I looked at playing ball because, you know, in our, in our part of, this, of the state, as quiet as it's kept, there were some really fine athletes. And I played against some of them, you being one of them. And you being, you you should not have asked me to come on here. You being the one who was probably the most competitive, and you shouldn't have asked me to come on here. You being the one who had the most to say to people when you were playing football or basketball or anything else. And so having had, as a team, I didn't have a whole lot of individual stats, but as a team, having had success on uh, some against your team, the one that you began, your team started this long run of state championships, I said, well, if I can play on people that beat them, surely I, I can play somewhere.
1: <laughs> I was able to
3: walk on and make a team, man. Yep. That came from playing against y'all, man, the playing against the fellas, especially from McDowell County. Well, Norfolk <laughs> and Gary. And Big Creek, we played Big Creek a couple of
0: times too. <laughs> can I ask a question?
2: No, you you can take it over now. I, he gave me too much information.
0: Go ahead, Tim.
1: <laughs> uh, we've had
0: we've had the likes of uh, all American, high school all American first team, uh, Maurice Robinson on the program. Uh, we've had um, uh, you know a number of folks. You played against Maurice. You played against uh, Marvin Miles, who's also been on the program. Uh, you played against uh, John Billups, who uh, played for the Denver Nuggets for a while, and then uh, had a career overseas after playing at Ole Miss. Uh, in college, you played uh, on a team with John Bates, who went on and played uh, for the Portland uh, Trailblazers. Uh, but, 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 Duck was the one who who was tough the most trash. Uh,
3: from 1969, when I started playing ball. Until I stopped in 76, there was not one athlete, not one, that didn't exist. There was not one that had as much to say on an athletic court of endeavor, not one, as David Duck Riley. Not one. Didn't exist. Oh, Duck. Okay.
0: Hey, man, let me uh – let me let me catch up here for a second. You you mentioned a few things. Uh, uh I remember you played ball in uh in high school and then college and then after you uh got out of school you, you were social worker for a short period of time and uh, then went into the ministry. Um talk to me if you would about you know, making the adjustment from uh being a sports uh, uh athlete or enthusiast uh, not to mention the Pittsburgh Steeler and New York Knicks fan, which I had never really understood, but um, <laughs> the, the success of going from uh, a team sport, uh, being a part of success in, in team sports, how did that inform your leadership uh, in ministry in terms of building teamwork?
3: Oh, thanks, man. That's, that's just such a great question. One of the things that, that comes out of that um, is you, you, you view the importance of a team, how, how everybody is of critical importance to where you are and what you do. And if you're going to do it and do it well and you're going to be successful and significant, everybody needs to feel like they are a part. Now, I played on some really bad teams um, because I didn't always have the best coaching, but I got to watch good teams. Now, David Duck Riley, uh, I'm going back to him now. All that talking all the time, talking trash, talking trash, talking trash. But he talked (laughs) trash on a team where everybody was viewed Right. So when we played against them, we knew we were going to be playing against conceivably. It was conceivable that we would see 10 or 11 people in that game. That it was ne- it didn't slow down. These cats came after you and came after you strong. Hold on a second. I just want to intercede yeah, man, that I, I didn't th-
1: know that Duck was a trash talker. I just want to <laughs> put that in there. But okay. <laughs> oh,
3: are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? <laughs> Oh, 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 oh! You ask me, on I'm grateful. He's my friend. He knows he's my friend. I'm just telling you the truth. Let me tell you what happened the first time I knew him. It was 1973. We're on the court Norfolk with the Brush Fork Armory, and the Norfolk team. This is the year before they start whipping everybody. They're all right, but they're just not great. And we we don't have a really good team. We didn't have the same caliber of coach. I'm not putting the guy down the Jennings board, I just thought knew what to do with his people. I'm sorry. So we playing and um we're winning. I come on the court, I'm a sophomore and so this is seventy two, I'm a sophomore I'm coming. And he looks at me and says, oh, this is Riley, I, I said I knew him. I come on, he says, Oh, we're gonna get you next time. <laughs> next time <laughs> I said, enough time, he said, he said, y'all just lucky to win this game. Don't don't say nothing, Doc, let me finish. Don't, don't say nothing yet. I said, but you, we playing now. You're losing this game. I pointed to the scoreboard, and he smiled at me. He said, you're going to see what's going to happen next game. I can't wait for the next game because we beat them this time. I said, they're going to lose. They came in, and this junior guard went to work, and they beat us. And he tells me, didn't I tell you what was going to happen? Wow. <laughs> so I said, see. I'm going to see you next year then. And that's how it went, man. And the beautiful <laughs> thing about it, it was straight competition. He was tough. He was rough, or he was physical as a guard. Mm-hmm. Check this out, man! After the game, every time when we beat them, when they be, every time he came over to shake hands. Every time, I'm a, I'm amazed at the way at the way young people have begun to to be nasty and ugly. Now we played right. just as hard, at high school just as rough, but when when. When the whistle blew at the end, when the horn sounded, it was over. Now you need to know. That year we split, and the next year we split. The next year we split. But when we played the first game, and the first game, I think it was the first game, he had some free throws late in the game. Chuck Lambert, after the game said, I don't know if I told you this, Doug, Chuck Lambert said, he's a football player,
1: mm-hmm.
3: but he's a competitor. He said, At the end of the game, he he will kill us. So let's watch him. (laughs) Let's be careful about him because he competes and he wins. That was um, a real tribute to you as a player as an an athlete. And he always made good basketball players. He might have been a football player. I mean, he went to school play football. But he was always a competitor and a good athlete and made good – Good, good basketball plays. Always make good basketball plays. <laughs> yeah, Doc. He's the yeah. greatest trash talker, perhaps of all time. Uh, I don't know that Jordan or Bird has anything on Duck Ross. <laughs> <laughs>
1: hey,
3: Doc. Uh, the, the the Reverend Doctor Vance Ross is. Uh, he, he's
0: he's a big comedian, uh, but he's been a very successful minister. A lot of people don't realize as the. Um, Uh, working in the United Methodist headquarters for a number of years there in Nashville. He was the highest-ranking African-American official of the United Methodist Church and began a thing called the um, Convocation of Black Pastors and Black Churches within the predominantly white United Methodist Church. Uh, Tell us about that struggle and what prompted uh, you to to make that move.
3: Oh, hey, thanks, man. You're very, very kind. You're, 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 you're nice to you. your homeboy, and I'm grateful. Um, the Convocation for, Black, for Pastors of Black Churches started, man. The idea came up in 19, uh, 1992. I was at a general conference, a predominantly uh, white event. Um, people all over the world came to Louisville for United Methodist Church. And while there, I was on a committee with um, several of the um, Strongest pastors in the denomination, but several on the committee were um, were black men and, and women. I was there with uh, with Reverend Doctor Zan Holmes, Reverend Doctor Kirby mm-hmm. John Caldwell, um, Gilbert Caldwell, the um, Reverend Doctor mm-hmm. James Lawson, who was um, one of Martin Luther King Jr.'s lieutenants. Um, the oh, yeah. Reverend Doctor Emanuel Cleaver, Reverend Doctor oh, Emanuel yeah. Cleaver, who is now uh, um, a congressman out of um, a representative in, um, out of Kansas City. Yeah. So with all these people that I got a chance to sit and listen to them and talk about stuff and what was happening, and um I said, man, it would be great if we get all these folks together at some point to help the United Methodist Black Church. And, well, as we had this conversation, um, a couple of years later, I went to Nashville on staff. Um, I was just a director at that point. I was talking and trying to get them to do it, and one day it just occurred to me. I believe it was revelation from the Lord. Hey, man, you ain't got to ask him. You can do this, right? So I pulled some some colleagues together from around the country, and we had our first our first event in 1999. And on on that um, rostrum was our uh, uh, Kirby John Caldwell. We had um, uh, Zan Holmes. We had Joseph Lowry. Um, Carlisle Stewart out of Detroit, so we brought all those folk together, and it um, became—I can say now that I've um, handed on to some younger folk—it became a a beacon light, a source of um, of encouragement and respite, information, inspiration, and transformation for for a lot of people. And so we began to do that biannually; every two years, we would do that, and I I led it from 1999 till 2019. Right. The year before the pandemic we handed over to some, some younger younger folk, Doctor Tariq Cummings and Pastor Victor Cyrus Franklin. And so they're continuing that work now. But that's that's where it went, man. That's how we how we went at it. And we did that so that we could in this predominantly white denomination continue to be not only relevant but impactful uh, for um black people in the United States of America and beyond. We moved it from being the Convocation for Pastors of African-American churches to the Convocation for Pastors of Black churches because we began to have people from the Caribbean and from the Mother Continent, from Africa, being a part of what we were doing. So that's how okay. it happened, and that's where it's going. Thank you for asking, man. I okay, Doc, uh,
0: back on the sports thing, and I'm going to turn it back over to Doug. Uh, why do you think star players sometimes on the sports side often have difficulty becoming successful coaches? What's your opinion on that?
3: I think I think one of the challenges for a star is they did it so well, and so much of it came easily for them. It's not always they're not always able to translate that in a conversation or teach that to someone else. It just came too too easy. Even even if they as they worked at it, their work ethic. And the way they grasped things in their work ethic were, were had been so so um for lack of a better term, easy for them that it was difficult for them to translate that to some other folk. I think the reason that some of our finest coaches were considered at the college and pro level marginal is because they had to work and think about what they were doing around specific sorts of things. If you're Michael Jordan, you brought some other gifts to this that other folks don't have, and you add his competitive fire and tenacity, that's another part of it. And that's, and that's one of the things around competition, too, that becomes important. Some stars are almost obscenely competitive, and that there are some who want to compete, but they're not willing to do it at all costs. They don't want to hurt anybody. You know, some mm-hmm. some some stars don't care who gets hurt as they move toward toward their um toward their goals and objectives. And there are some people that they just don't don't have that. Everybody is not Kobe. Everybody's not Michael Jordan. Everybody's not um doesn't have that kind of fuel and fire that will obliterate anyone that gets in the way. Okay, Doug. No.
2: All right, Francis, we're going to let you take us out, Francis.
1: Yeah, we got about four minutes here, so we need just two here. I want to ask you, was Duck one of those that would obliterate you? Was he that competitive too? Was he a Kobe? <laughs> Michael Jordan?
3: Well, he yes. was extremely competitive. Mm-hmm. Um, I never played against a Jordan. The thing about David Duck Riley is he was so smart. He he was he competed. He was a great athlete, but he was extremely smart. I watched him make a couple of steals when we were playing, where I could see he was moving and watching before our guards knew anything, and he uh-huh. took the ball. He would compete, but he was and he knocked you down, but he picked you up. He you up. He wasn't that guy. I never saw him. Knock somebody down and, and not not let him up. Now he wasn't somebody who wanted to fight, but he wasn't out there <laughs> just for the fight. He, enjoy, he enjoyed playing the game, and I wish more. I love to see more as we elevate Kobe and Michael. I wish we pay more attention to how much LeBron enjoys the game, mm-hmm. and he's a competitor. But you don't have to You don't have to take somebody's humanity. I never saw Doug do that. I was really thrilled at the way he treated people. I, I paid attention to it back then. Amen. I wish we thinking, had
1: more time. Tim, 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 no, we
3: we don't
2: need no more time, Princess. I can't to you, Dr. Ralph. David <laughs> <laughs> Doug Tim,
3: Tim Tim Moore was a competitor, too. Uh, Tim was a couple of years behind me. I watched him compete and compete hard, but he didn't obliterate anybody's humanity. And it's awfully important to understand as athletes. We are playing games. And I was appreciative of that. Yeah, we need more time, Doug Riley, so I can tell the people what you do, man. Oh
1: my <laughs> I, I, I think, so think we should
3: do. I think we
1: should come back. I'll do part two next month. So um, <laughs> I'll make sure and suggest this to Doug because he does most of the scheduling. And just, you know, and if he gets too high, I'll just, you know, say, okay, Doctor Ross is gonna be on Duck. But uh, we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna petition with Duck Riley for you to come back next next month too. How about that? Okay.
3: All right. I'd like to learn learn more. I wanna good know good
1: if he good. could dance then. I wanna know if he had
3: hair then.
1: There's several <laughs> things I wanna know, so we'll 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 come back and talk about.
3: That. <laughs> okay, thank you all so much. It's a joy to be on here with you. Thanks, Riley, I appreciate it.
1: Tim Moore, and Dr. Mancers, all from West Virginia, which they say is God's country. Lord have mercy. Okay. It is. <laughs> Listen to him. All right, Dr. Ross, have a good evening, okay?
3: Okay, you too. Thank you so much. You all take care now. Thank you. Be well.
1: This was fun. This bless was you, brothers.
3: Fun. See you, Doug. See you, again. Be well. All
1: right, Doug. Doug say, okay. Duck say, bless you, Matt. Yeah. Man. We ran out of time. All right, let's get (laughs) ready for the show. See you in about sixty seconds. Lord have mercy, that's done. You don't want to talk anymore. Never had it so good.